Welcome, welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Mancini, and it's 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and we are here in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. We being my esteemed partner and longtime business coach, associate, and partner with Maximum Value Partners, Adam Sunhalter. And we're here to talk about small business, and we define that as 25 employees or less of companies that are in any industry doing anything. If they're that small, we can help them. We've helped hundreds. We can help yours. What we do is talk about our coaching episodes that we deal with on on a current basis. And we kind of discuss those uh, during the next hour. And we take calls for anybody who has some questions who might uh, want some clarity or just a discussion or just a rant, whatever it might be. If it involves small business of any type, any problem, any any victory, you know, we'd like to chat with you about it. So feel free to call. So dirty secrets of small business. You know, tonight, and I'm going to turn this over to Adam, but tonight we're going to talk about somebody who you know, if you aren't already yourself, the person who you know, and you may be working for somebody. And this is leadership. Leaders. You know a leader or you are or supposedly are a leader. And we're going to talk about different stories and different situations involving leadership. So, Adam, what do you think? Why don't you take it over and chat about your good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> we love that word, stuff. That's one of our favorite uh, favorite terms. Yes, uh, welcome. Uh, again, it's great to have you along for the ride here. As Jack said, you're always invited to be part of the show. And lots of ways you can do that if you try us uh, so here live in the studio, you can do that when we're on the air. You can call in at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. We've got Sean sitting by waiting for your call. He'll take it. And if you're nice to him, he may let you on the air. And we get phone calls every day, day in and day out from our clients. And same kind of thing. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, some things that maybe you're wrestling with in your business that you'd like to talk about, get some input on, I'd be happy to do that. Or if you want to chime in on things that we are talking about, if you're listening on a uh, podcast at some other time, you can still call in. Again, we're here 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. Uh, if you prefer to do a little more virtual stuff, you can tweet at us at, at MaximumVP. Uh, for Jack Mancini, it's at JackMMVP. And for me, it's at Adam Sunhalter. Or emails work great, too. Radio at MaximumVP.com. So lots of ways for you to participate, be part of the show. We appreciate all your feedback and questions and, and, and thoughts as well. So as Jack was saying, uh, leadership is the, the topic for tonight. How do you kind of lead your team as the owner? And uh, often things get prompted because you know, leadership is one of those those things that I, I guess never goes out of style. And uh, as often the case, we can tend to learn more from our mistakes than from our successes. And even better if we can learn from other people's mistakes. And so there are a couple of, of recent articles that came out, if you're tapped into the news anywhere, whether it be online, whether you're watching news somewhere, reading somewhere, a couple stories of some pretty poor leadership that have come out here in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours, especially. I kind of prompted some of this stuff, you know. So there's uh, there's been a recent story uh, regarding a Pennsylvania grand jury in the Catholic Church, and two years of investigating and looking over, and they found over the course of 70 years there were 300-plus people involved from wow. clergy to other folks and going all the way up to the highest ranks of the Catholic Church in the Vatican in terms of things being covered up and over a 1,000 victims of, of, of different abuses. And that was only Pennsylvania. That was just Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and, you know, but it's... Hard to believe. Hard to believe a lot more is coming on this, don't you think? Well, you, you take a look at that and you try to think about, you know, again, here, here's a couple things that are that are always the case. Whenever you've got humans involved, you're always going to have some bad people involved. So whether it be, you know, like, like a church, okay, or whether it be a company or whether it be a, a government, whatever it might be, people are involved. There's going to be some good people and some bad people. And the question is, if you're one of those good people, well, what do you do when some very difficult situations present themselves, or you have some bad people doing some bad things? What do you do? You know, how do you how do you step forward and 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 you know whether it be the one to kind of say you know stop the insanity kind of stuff, or to to kind of reach out for help? But it's you know being a leader um, can be romanticized quite often. 
I think it's often often uh, a term misused. A lot of people may be head of the class, but they aren't really leaders as such. There's there's characteristics that make a leader, which we'll get into a little later. But uh, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, yeah. no. So uh, so that was one story. We'll touch on that a little bit. And the second story was relates to the University of Maryland football program and um, the head coach there, a guy named D.J. Durkin and. Other folks are involved, but you know, surrounding the death of a young 19-year-old Jordan McNair, uh, who died of heat stroke. And this happened almost two months ago, but there's been a recent story that came out in terms of just the overall culture of that in that environment uh, for the University of Maryland football program and kind of what happened there. And so you got the head coach, you've got the strength and conditioning coach, you've got the um, the um, you know. AD, you know, the, the athletic uh, department, you got trainers, you got the, the, the university president, you got all kinds of folks that are all of a sudden getting involved. And, you know, I guess part of what happens, Jack, is we see now, especially, and I think this is, this is probably always the case, but more so now because we have more outlets for stuff. But, um, you know, people are often tried in public now, it seems like, you know, and it's, and it's almost instant because, again, information's at our fingertips. You know, whether it be using our our smart devices, or tablets, or computers, or you know, radios, television, whatever it might be, I mean, again, at our fingertips is the world, and so you can gather information pretty quickly, and you can draw a conclusion, you know, pretty quickly. Even though you only have a very small amount of facts, you have often people have very little perspective on what this is all or about. The, how or the happen. ability to to call the shots. I mean, that's what how courts evolved and judges evolved and. Uh, there's a process uh, involved, due process it's called pretty much, which embodies uh, equal and and representative investigation and presentation and cross-examinations and all these kinds of things. But the, the, the political correctness that's evolved over the last several decades, along with the... the uh, Technology that allows instant pictures and analyses and conclusions has made it very, very difficult to be a leader. You know, you want to add a name, uh, Urban Meyer from Ohio State, also, while we're, sure. we're taught one of your favorite schools. Uh, we're, we're talking, you know, we're talking about him. Uh, Along, what is it, 20 years? Maybe not that long. I'm not sure of the time. But here, he as the head of a department is being judged now as should he should have taken action against somebody who he never directly... Well, I can't even give the facts. I mean, I don't know the facts, which is usually the case with most of these things. But yet we rush, so many of us, rush the judgments, and it's just so wrong. But that's what exists in the world today, and it's tough, and it's I, I'm going to call it a phase... We go through as a culture many phases, and this is one that's just seemingly very wrong, very wrong. Yeah, and it's you know, it's one of those things that kind of catches our eye because there's certain things that, and you know, from Jack and and my perspective, we'll often look at things through the the lens of business, and we'll try to relate things because, you know, we know this is true of many of our owners. You know, you, you, your brain's always on, and you're always seeing things. There's often some nuggets and some ideas you can pick up. From things that have nothing to do with your business, but you, you can come back to it. So we try to take what's you know very, in in many cases here for very tough and sad situations, and try to learn from them in, in ways you can kind of be better. Because you know when you when you're reading about some of these things, you have you have the the ability to be not emotionally involved in them because they aren't necessarily involving you directly. You also have the ability to have some time to kind of think about stuff and some perspective from it. But when you're when you're a leader and you're often thrust into situations. You often don't have that time to think about stuff, and it, it, you know, it could be one of the, the the biggest challenges for many of our uh, small business owners out there is that you know, when you take over and you start owning a company, you're by default you're thrust into a leadership role, whether you like it, whether you want to, or whether you even know it or not. You're all of a sudden the one that everybody's looking at, looking at for guidance on what to do, and and they'll. Do it based on what you say, but more importantly, based on what you do and how you, how you carry yourself. And so that's one of the areas we spend a lot of time with almost every one of our clients is helping them to understand ways to be able to lead better. And there's 
good times and not so good times and you know things you can pre- prepare for and things that hit you as a surprise and so fortunately in our collective careers jack we've been through quite a bit you know not only personally but you know also with the hundreds of clients we've spent time with as well so it's rare that we come across situations that are totally new so we often have some very good perspective and can help bring kind of a very calming influence very quickly to the situations and that's part of what we want to share tonight as we often do we'll share some stories like that but we want to try to, again, just as we're looking around and seeing things out there, you know, there's things you can learn almost every day that you can now come back and to be able to apply to your business. Well, well, as a business owner, as Adam said, you're the leader of that organization. Uh, just what does that mean? You know, how does somebody lead? And you're going to be judged not by a jury of your peers here. You're going to be judged by the general public, the way technology moves today. And quite often, many, probably the majority, certainly the majority of those people who have strong opinions either way, have never been a leader. They've never had a direct, they've never had a plan, direct, and control people of any quantity and size. And unless you have, it's very, very difficult, very difficult to understand what leadership entails. You know, because so much so much is involved with clear communication and trying to to uh, give orders, create a culture that's fair, that's that's honest, that has integrity, and you can't control the lives of people every day and what they do, and certainly when when they're off premises and on their own personal lives, uh, you, you have no business sticking your nose in there. But yet, the judgment seems to be moving to you have to know what your employees are doing all the time, no matter where they're at. And if they do something judged grievous, they, being the leader, should have known and is guilty. I mean, that's almost how it, it seems to be rolling right now. And that's just flat out wrong. So if you've never been a leader, you've never tried to muster a number of people together to do something over a period of weeks, months, years, or continuous. You just don't know the difficulty in, in, in trying to control and create an environment that's safe and right. It is just so tough to do that. Well, that's a good perspective, Jack. I mean, most of the folks who own companies in this country have maybe at most a dozen, maybe a couple dozen employees. And they can relate to how difficult it is to keep tracks and keep tabs on all those. Now, some of the examples were given here. Are organizations that have thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of, wow. of folks, oh, yeah. right? How, so how do you, you right. how do you do it? But you stuck one in there in terms of one of the, one of the key leadership points, Jack. I want to make sure that it doesn't go by the wayside here. The, the three words that you use to, to describe what leadership's all about: plan, direct, and control. Mm-hmm. And those are you know, part of what we try to do is keep things relatively simple. And we'll, when we come mm-hmm. back and break, I want to delve into that a little bit. But I also got a little story I wanted to share from my. My PTU battles, my days as president Uh-oh. of the PTU. Uh, wow, those are tough. Where you got some, you know, these these principles apply to all this stuff. And you know, there's <laughs> a, you know, one of the things that you have to do as a leader often is you got to kind of jump in front of some bullets at times or jump on that grenade, you know. And so I got a story I want to share there about that. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are talking leadership tonight. And during the day when we take our capes off, we're uh, talking about problems of small businesses. All right, we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way, so stay tuned here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. Never sold on me. All right, here we are, back live here in the studio on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome back to the CBS show. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini. And we are here for our hour on Wednesday night to talk about small business stuff. So what are we talking about tonight? tonight we're talking about leadership stuff. We're you know, kind of framing the, 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 the first segment here, talking about some of the, the stories that are out there, some maybe some not-so-good leadership and what to learn from that. And we're trying to dovetail now into some, some different lessons we can learn and some guidance that we, we give to our clients in terms of things to do to lead. And you talk about one thing, which we'll get into here, here in a second as well, about plan, direct, and control as being one of the, the key um, guiding principles for, for leadership. And as we're going to break it too, I talked about, you know, sometimes you have to kind of step in front of some bullets, you know, and you know, as a leader, you got to be the one to kind of step forward and do things. And I remember I took over, gosh, it's probably been six years ago now. I think it was six years ago, five years ago, something like that. So it's been a little while. Those but years just run, don't they? Yes, Adam? they do. Yeah. But uh, 
took over as president of the PTU at a time when there was some upheaval and some discourse and there's a lot of drama and that was part of the reason I joined is I'm not really a drama kind of guy Jack and so I like to come in and squash drama and take things head on and kind of you know it's have things <laughs> out right and it can be very uh, very challenging for some folks very distasteful for some folks but we also had a situation where there was some some upheaval as related to the school with what what, what, what was kind of going on and um, about 10 months maybe yeah it's about 10 months into the job we had a Kind of, it was reaching a crescendo, and we had a meeting coming up, and towards the end of the school year, and people were, were, you know, wanted to, you know, come after the pastor, come after the the, the principal, and there there's some upset parents, right? And so, today's day and age, everybody feels they can express their opinions, as we were saying before, and they want to talk about stuff. So let's try to bring things to, to a head, and be, you know, be able to explain what was kind of going on, and so. The three of us got up in front of it was probably a hundred plus parents that were there. You know, I was having flashbacks to uh, remember the movie Footloose, Jack, with uh, the, sure, the, yeah, the city council meeting, the, right? right? The, the pastor, yeah, 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 yeah the pastor's yeah, one yeah. of the guys in the city council. Lithgow, that's right, John Lithgow, and uh, Kevin Bacon's character. There was, you know, you got a packed house in there, right? And uh, some very passionate people, some for, some against, but again, it was a, a very packed house and. So part of what we were trying to do is explain what was kind of going on, explain what, what the plans were you know, the, that were going on to be able to How do you do that, Adam, questions. when most of the people don't understand planning a business? <laughs> well, well the, go on. The, you the, tell the, your the, story. The, the best thing to start with is to get up in front of the group. That's right. All right? And that's where we start. So, hey, let's, let's get together. And this was, this was our most highly attended PTU meeting. Typically, we'd have 20 to 30 people at you know, most. And again, like I said, there, there's 100 plus at that thing. And some folks that couldn't make it wanted it to be wanted it to be live streamed somewhere or recorded so they could listen back to it and kind of hear. I mean, there's there a lot of interest in it, right? So a lot of the a lot of the buzz was kind of going on, and uh, but it, it was a very uncomfortable meeting to say the least, you know. And and people often don't want to hear, you know. Yeah, what I learned was, you know, even though I was le- the the leader of the PTU, they didn't want to hear from me so much. They wanted to hear from the leader of the the school. Or the leader of the church, right? They wanted to hear from them directly. So if I try to were they deflect you? stuff, were they throwing stuff at you? Uh, but there were some times where I almost got kind of shoved aside a little bit. Hey, that's great, but huh. I want to talk to that to that person, kind of thing, right? And so you, know, you can't hide as a leader, you know. But it's it's a very powerful thing, especially when when you you maybe want to run for the hills, right, or run for some cover, to get out in front of your team and talk about it, and because one of the things that we, we talk to our clients about a lot, Jack, and, and I know we've mentioned this show quite a few times, is your people are going to talk. You know, you can't really control. People are going to talk about stuff. Part of what you want to be able to do as a leader is at least to kind of get up there and get your story out there. Here's, here's you know, to your point, Jack, you know, people's perspectives are going to be different, what they're aware of, what they've been told, what they've heard, who, who knows. But you as a leader getting up in front of the group and kind of explaining what's going on, explain why you're doing what you're doing. That's a very, very powerful approach because – yeah, for those of you who are owners listening to this, you know that most situations are not very black and white, where it's obvious what the what the choice is. And most and most owners of businesses don't really try hard to communicate on a regular basis, give it rain or shine, the news of the company. They just bring them together occasionally for bad news, and your credibility rises tremendously when you get out and are are fair and informative and attempt just attempting to be honest and informative about what's going on in the company. Yeah, being open with them and talking about it. And, and, and again, we all make mistakes. As part of as we're reading these, these articles, Jack, people make mistakes. And uh, some are more public than others. Some are maybe worse mistakes or bigger, you know, bigger screw-ups. And, again, it's often with hindsight you can, you can, see, you can see a mistake. But when you're in the middle of it, you, you often don't know. But to get up and admit, hey, here's what's kind of going on. Here's where things may have, may have gotten screwed up. Answering questions. If you don't have answers, okay, tell me. Hey, you know, it's a great question, Jack. I, I don't have an answer for it. Here's what we're thinking about. Here's the plan. Let me kind of circle back now to plan, direct, control. You know, if you have a plan. If you as a leader have no plan whatsoever, that, <laughs> that creates tremendous stress within the organization. Because one of the things that people are looking to you for, even if they don't know it, even if they can't articulate it, Jack, they're looking for you to give them a plan. Here's what we'd like to be able to do, or at least to have, you know, be able to articulate a plan. Even if it's not my plan as a leader, 
Yeah, I've talked to you about some things you're doing, Jack, and those, those sound great, so I can articulate what, what, what you're going to do. But if I can at least articulate, here's what the plan is. Here's our plan of attack. And, hey, do you have other things to add to it? That's right. You well, know? how do you, you know, how, how can you run a comp? how can you run anything if you don't have a plan? You're just wandering around aimlessly, randomly. Uh, things happen not because of your plan. They happen, why? <laughs> you, you don't know. You should have a plan. A lot of people get confused with a plan that uh, somebody who, uh, be it professorial or, or a big corporate guy or somebody who will tell you you have a, a plan, that a business plan, like an MBA, and, and uh, it, it, it just turns you off because you aren't going to understand that kind of thing. You need to have a sense of where you're going with your company, and you all do, you owners of small businesses, but you got to work a little bit on articulating it. You don't need a fancy business plan that, that has all kinds of uh, advanced business gobbledygook, but you need a direction. You need that to lead. You have to have a sense, however it is, where you're going, and you have to try to communicate that. Very difficult. But if you try, it's surprising how people will line up behind you. And if you embrace these people, you're going to have a lot of clarity to your plan. Everyone's going to be involved, and, and quite frankly, all boats rise very nicely when that happens. Yeah, let me circle back to that jump in the grenade for a second, too. I mean, part of because yeah, part of what happens is, at least we find, most folks who are, who are, who are owning companies or that are, are in leadership roles are often pretty critical of themselves. You know, they may be doing nine things great, and it's the one thing that, that they aren't doing great that, that they tend to focus on. And so often you're in the middle of a difficult situation. You may feel like you're not doing a great job, <coughs> and you're, you're often surprised when somebody gives you some feedback and say, you know, thanks for bringing that up or thanks for taking that on or whatever. But, you, know, hey, you did a great job in that situation where all of a sudden their perspective is maybe more clearer than yours because they aren't emotionally attached to it, but they, they feel a great sense of relief that you kind of stepped in and handled it, you know, again, because, you know, chances are you're handling it better than they would have, and they don't want to have to handle it. So, again, it's, you know, what's your job as a leader? So the, the plan direct control piece, we have a plan down. I got to now direct some activity for folks. You, know, you got people that are there. If you, you know, if you don't have a plan, you can't direct anybody. But if you have a plan, okay, well, who's going to be doing what? How do we know who's responsible for which parts of the plan and, to your point, Jack, it isn't some complex 80-page business plan. It's, hey, maybe our plan is for today or for this week or for this month. You know, we try to tap into maybe smaller chunks of it, but let's get people involved so we all know here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're trying to accomplish, you know. And, you know, sports are often great analogies. Hey, people are trying to do whatever. Hey, we're trying to win our division. We're trying to win the, the you know, the championship. We're trying to win this game. Whatever it might be, it, it, it can be pretty clear, but it can get very fuzzy often in business. And what are we trying to do? Is is the plan to keep our doors open today, Jack? Is that, is that really just the plan? Is it, you know, we're trying to I land I think, a new I don't know. He never said anything. The owner didn't even show up today. So <laughs> we don't know <laughs> what's going on. Right. The plan is to goof off and to, and, and, and to work as little as possible. <laughs> right? What's the plan? It, it, it's getting out there and being able to articulate that plan and then direct the activity. And the controlling comes through, as you mentioned before, Jack, about meetings. Often meetings get called when there's something going on or going going wrong, and so that's a big reason why often meetings don't get the respect or the, the they don't get embraced the way they should. Oh, a lot of reasons for that: the discipline, the the pre-scheduling, the showing up, treating them as something important, not sloughing them off, and and making them go too long when they shouldn't go too long. There's a lot of good ways to have a meeting, and if it's done well and it's not that hard. It's very powerful and very uniting in a company. Yes, it is. So the control will come through a lot of those meetings. You know, meetings are, are fantastic for helping to get things done because we're talking about what the plan is going to do, and between this week and next week, we're going we're to do A, B, and C. Then I come back next week, and how are we doing on A, B, and C? Well, maybe we didn't move as far as we'd like, but okay, we'll come back again the following week. Let's see how we do. There's a tremendous amount of, of, of I guess, pressure in a positive way that helps keep things moving along when you when you have regular regular meetings like that to control stuff to have things in place where you can watch what's going on in your company with technology today you can often have a very good pulse on what's going on without ever stepping foot in your business that's right or you have many companies that are virtual these days too where you've got folks that are it's a disparate workforce working all over the place and you can get a pulse through different controls you have in terms of reports and what's kind of going on and meetings are a big part of that so the control, plan direct control is a big part of what, you know, if we had to, to boil down in three words what what your job is, 
as the owner, CEO, president, um, you know, leader of the company, any organization, plan, direct control. If you're doing those things, you're doing a big part of your job. And we've got a lot of other stuff here that we want to share, too. We're up against our second break here, but we've got more things to kind of share in terms of some helpful hints in terms of what things you should be doing as a leader for your organization. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches. And we're here tonight to talk about some of our exploits with our clients without mentioning who they are. All right, we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way, so stay tuned here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. All right, welcome back. We're here at Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We're halfway through already. Goes fast as always, Jack, so it's good to have everybody back. Sure I'm your co-host, does. Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini, and we are here tonight talking leadership. Yes, we are. And sharing some pearls of wisdom here. We shared a couple here in the last segment. We've got several more to kind of talk about, Jack. One of the things I wanted to circle back to a couple of stories we talked about in the opening segment here um, to give you know, this point here, which is, if you look at what's now happening with the University of Maryland, you know, the, the athletic directors who's new came on board a couple months ago. What a great great time to start for them. Um, and the president came out uh, yesterday, and they did something which is very, very good when you got something bad that happens. And what they did is they admitted some wrongdoing, and they owned it. You know, that's one of the things that you know, whenever somebody screws something up, if you know, what usually stops stuff uh, is when you say, yeah, I did it. You're right. I screwed up. You regroup and you move on. Yeah, versus yeah. trying to put some sort of spin on it or twist on it. I and mean, people can tell when you're, you're you're ducking and dodging. Hey, you know what? I screwed up. Those, you're right. You're right. Those PR guys, the crisis manager people. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So you just say, hey, you know, this is what I did. Uh, you know, because people will people will forgive, right? And they'll kind of move on. And part of what you're trying to do is to to, to rebuild trust at that point. So the, only, the the best way to rebuild trust is to be honest about stuff. So it's okay. People screw up. People understand that people screw up, but it's being able to admit that, and that's hard to do. You know, it's, it's I, I, I think we're hardwired not to want to admit mistakes you know, from a very young age. I don't, you know, I don't think it's something that's taught. So we have to kind of learn to, a little bit of humility, I guess, maybe Jack, and say, you know, I didn't I didn't know any better. Yeah, I, I, I made a bad choice. Whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, and take take responsibility. That's the big thing, isn't it? I mean that's key. Yes, it is. And so they're they're trying to do that to kind of move, you know, be able to move ahead. You know, we'll see how we'll see how it all plays out. You know, the the, the there's been all kinds of things going on with the Catholic Church over the years, and I know Pope Francis has done a lot of things as ways to uh, putting out apologies and trying to again trying to to you know, um, apologize as much as much as he can for all the things that that have gone wrong, and know that there's going to be more mistakes ahead because you know. Nobody's perfect. I don't care, you know, who you are, how old, how young, what what race, what what sex you are, or, or not. And again, we, we we all make mistakes, but people are generally, you know, pretty forgiving about stuff. So own it if you do make a mistake. Well, it, de- <laughs> it depends, but yeah, people will. You own it, but uh, the severity of the case, the severity of the the situation, of the grievance, that's really what drives the the difficulty in this stuff. And especially with the Catholic Church here and trying to handle the Pennsylvania situation that's coming up, that's going to be tough. You know, if they start to open up and the court process and, and uh, discovery starts to open up, uh, wow, that's going to be quite a story. And people are going to be coming out of the woodwork daily by, by our, uh, our, our technology today that exists. So that's going to be a real circus, unfortunately. Right. So that's a good guidance to do. One of the things I'm a big, big fan of, Jack, and this is probably more, yeah, more my style. Everybody's style is a little bit different, but I'm more of a uh, lead, lead by example kind of guy. You know, I've learned to be more verbal as I've gotten older and more aware of, of my style and some of the limitations of it. Where there's times you got to be more verbal, but I've been more of those, one of those guys kind of lead by example. And so one of the things we'll, we'll counsel folks is when you're leading folks, you know, don't ask people to do something you're not willing to do. Yeah, you know, it comes across very hollow if all of a sudden you aren't willing to do something. And it can be very simple stuff. You know, if you're like many of our clients, you know, they are very good at whatever their product or service is. And I remember uh, years ago, one of the, the clients we had, uh, these folks did um, 
they would replace tires, mostly on trucks, um, you know, whether it be local delivery trucks or folks who are going across the country that, that would have blowouts and that. And our client had started the company when we first started. It was probably 18, 20 years earlier. And he had started to progress to the point where he wasn't necessarily the guy changing the tires anymore, right? But uh, he'd still have his days. He, you know, he'd get his, he'd get his, uh, you know, he didn't call them scrubs. Whatever. He, he'd get his, his work clothes on, his work boots on. He'd go, he'd go out back. And he would still, he still had it, you know. He could still do things better and faster than many of his guys could, you know. And now he was probably feeling the aches and pains a little more than he was, you know, 10, 15 years earlier. But he still was able to do it. It, it. Often it's to try to prove a point. People are, you know, maybe dragging their knuckles on the ground and playing, hey, we can't get something done this quickly or can't do that much stuff, Jack, or I can't do it here or there. It's like, wait a minute, you know, let me show you. Let me show you how it's done. And kind of, you know, get out of the way. Let, let me kind of step in and do it. But there are a lot of things. Oh, that, wait, let me clarify that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it, it isn't so much you being able to do it best. It's you trying to do it, if that's even reasonable. The key, the key is not so much being able to do it as much as respecting the job itself and respecting whoever can do it. That's the key operative word here, respect. Because there are skill levels all over the place, especially if you start to talk about tough work. Younger people, more in-shape people, more skilled people who know how to handle and it's it's respecting those skills, not looking down, especially in today's world with fancy college degrees and all that stuff like that, some, somehow magical. And people who look down their nose at, at people who are doing manual work. But being able to, to do what's best, that's, a, that's, that's unlikely. There's usually it's a company, especially with 25 employees, uh, you're going to find somebody who's skilled at, at all the key jobs, and they'll beat you every time. And it's you trying to do it, that gives you the credibility, and then the humility of kind of falling on your face as the uh, uh, the, the guy in the shop kind of uh, pulls up and shows you how to do it. Right. And that's right. fun. <laughs> it really is fun. Sure if is. you receive it well, <laughs> in a humble fashion, you know, the, you're, you're, you're really drawing people closer to you. And I think a lot of people don't get that, and that's huge. And they'll work for you. They'll work for you faster. They'll work, hey, come on over here. They'll, you know, the next day or next week, they'll, hey, let me show you how to do this. You know, it'll, it just, it creates an openness that uh, uh, creates magic in a workforce. You know, that's what, to me, one of the big skills of a leader, to be humble and, and don't take yourself so serious. Try it, but have fun when you get beat. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a very good clarification, Jack. Yeah, it's, it's. Being willing to go down there and roll up your sleeves and go and and, and be with people, you know, it's not, you know, you're, you're not above anything, right? That's, right? that's a big part of it, and it reinforces that every piece that goes on in the business is a very valuable part to the whole. You know, that's it, absolutely right. So, you know, people often will make the example, uh, will use the analogy of the body, right? You got you got a head and you got fingers and you got toes, you got all kinds of organs and legs and everything else, and um. You know, well, gee, I may feel like being the head today, Jack, but you know, I could really use an extra finger here or, or <laughs> whatever it might be, right? So they're all very important part. And a well-run organization, yeah, has very skilled and very good people in each of those areas. Usually the owner at some point has done most of those things, especially as the, the company grows. They start to hand it off and then bring new people in that are often better than them at that, which That's is what right. you want, right? That's right. But, yeah, that, that, that willingness to kind of step in there and do it, and you're right, it creates that great uh, – Esprit de corps, as they say, right? In terms esprit of the, de corps is the right term. In terms of the culture, what we, we, you we want to have kind of going on. Yeah, the, the, it's good to, to break down the walls between the us and them mentality, which can often happen within any, I don't care how big the organization is, it can often happen, hey, there's us and then there's them. And you want to be able to break those things down to where, hey, we're all on a similar playing field here in terms of what's kind of going on. So those are very, very important things. So that's one thing to kind of keep in mind, too, in terms of what you're trying to do. Another way we like to guide people and talking about ways to lead is part of your job as, as, as the owner and leader is to help or just get the heck out of the way. You know, again, it's kind of building off this, this last point here, Jack, that you're bringing in people who are, who are pretty good. And if you have that plan down, I mean, you know, again, the whole idea of plan, direct control, if you're directing somebody, Hey, look, you know, I brought you in to do this thing, Jack, and we we're, we're, we're uh, we know what the plan is. We're, we're on the same thing. Hey, is there anything you need me to do? 
how can I help you? You know, do you need different resources? Do you need this? Do you need more time? Tell me what you need. And if you say you're good to go, okay, well, look, my job at that point is to get the heck out of your way. That's right. And not not, not screw things up and, and I don't have to be over top of your shoulder and everything else. But it's, again, help or get out of the way is something that we find a lot of times people don't do a very good job of. Where they're, they're, they often can nitpick on stuff or they're... Uh, they use this term micromanaging, whatever the heck that means again. But it's you know people are on top of people and they aren't trusting somebody to get something done. They trust, get in trust, the way. Trust is the key word there. <clears throat> you have to, if you have a decent plan and you trust your employees, you're going to give them information. You're going to give them give them a lot of traction because they're going to basically be reporting back to you, and you're going to. You know, you're you're going to create an organization that you have people doing the work, and it's good work. That's what you want. That's what you're striving for. It's how a company becomes valuable. So that's that's easy in a lot of cases, isn't it, to be a leader? What do you think, Adam? All cases, as as a leader emerge, and and are they all equal, or are there bad leaders, or are there conditions that are such where it's almost impossible to lead? Well, you get you know what we call like times of crisis or tougher times, and you know one of the other guiding principles we use is we talked about asking this question, which is what is best for the organization. And when things are going crazy, the bullets are flying. Okay, hey, how do you get some calmness? You're trying to make a decision. You try to step above the fray for a little bit, take a take a take a breath, take a step back, and say, okay, what's what's best for the organization? And you'd be amazed how many times that can bring tremendous clarity for you, especially in a little tougher situation because, you know, it's like doing a, doing a tough workout, Jack. You know, you aren't embracing it and loving it during it. You're trying to get through it, all right? You want to get through it as fast as you can. If I, if I can get through this next minute, and that's it. You know, I, don't want to, I don't want it to last two minutes or five minutes. You know, I want to get through it, right? So I'm going to do those reps and kind of pound them out, right? Well, that's going to be true in a tough situation. You almost want to kind of get through it. And be done with it. And part of the a big part of that challenge, or where that doesn't necessarily work, is that often we look short term. Because the right decision, what's best for the organization, All right, So let me come back to some of these, these these big stories, like for the for the Catholic Church and what, and what these folks are doing. Well, hey, short term it was easier to to pluck you out, Jack, from whatever you're doing here, and move you from Parish A to Parish B. Because what's more difficult is for me to <clears throat> fire you, <throat> reprimand you, have to move you, bring something in, deal with all the other stuff that's kind of going on, right? You know, it, it, even though that's what, and you know that's what's best for the organization, <laughs> what's best for the victims, everything else, right? That's right. But it's easier short term. I'm looking at short term, and what's you know what's going to get me through this? How do I power through this? Okay, that's boom. I can now fix it and move on to the next thing. And it's like you're doing what people often refer to as kicking the can down the road. You're hoping it doesn't come on your watch and you kind of, you kind of move forward. So if you're asking yourself that question of what's best for the organization, again, it's rarely failed us, Jack, when we look at that in terms of trying to make, because again, it's not, usually things are not black and white. It's, there's a lot of gray there. It's not as obvious, but that helps to, to bring the, the forefront in terms of when you're looking at what the, the, the possible outcomes are when you're going to make a decision. If you're doing it within that framework of what's best for the organization, it can often give you that give that 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 right answer. Even though it may be very uncomfortable or very painful in the in the near term, overall it's going to be what's best for the organization. We're defining an organization, <clears throat> excuse me, of any any gathering or group of people confined or at least uh, working through and or in some kind of a, uh, a geographic. I'm, I'm being technical with this because <laughs> what I want to do is how do you lead in an impossible situation with no end in sight? It's all negative. I'll give you a story when we come back from our break. And you talk about leadership in different forms. We're talking about companies, owners, that, and we're addressing pretty much the owners. But what happens if there's a military situation that, that creates a, a grievous situation that lasts for years? How in the world do you lead through that one? Good question. Love to hear. Looking forward to that, Jack. Good good teaser before we come back from break. So stay tuned for that story. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are Maximum Value Partners. Sounds like we are Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. We got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way. So stay tuned here for our final segment coming up after the break on 
Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online, WINTRadio.com. Back again. Last segment here at Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Thanks for being here with us this evening, talking about some leadership stuff and as we're heading to break, Jack, I know you had a story you wanted to share about some tough situations, so why don't you... Yeah, so leadership. We're talking about, uh, and we're talking to owners of small companies. Well, little, a couple of simple factoids out of Vietnam, the Vietnam War. There were 2,500 prisoners of war, and of those 2,500, 65% of them were from the Air Force, 20% from the Navy. Most of them were pilots. Most ground troops weren't captured in, in terms of a prisoner of war. It was mostly the airmen that, that uh, were involved. Now, you got to picture this. You know, the, the uh, wing commander was a full bird colonel who used to fly with his guys. When he got shot, he got shot down. He got shot as well. And he was in captivity for seven and a half years. Every day he was beaten by and, and tortured by a whole different number of ways. Every privilege that we take for granted, he basically didn't have. It was taken away from him. And he was isolated, he was beaten, he was mentally, you know, tortured, and, and it was just endless. Seven and a half years. And after the war, Richard Nixon, who was president at that time, honored the uh, many of the prisoners of war, and he was the highest-ranking officer who was captured. And he sat next to, to Richard Nixon on the right side of Richard Nixon. But the point is, he survived seven and a half years, and he was given credit for leading his men in a calm way where they could get through an ordeal that, that was described as unhuman and almost impossible. And he has the wounds and broken bones and mental scars and everything when he, he came back, but he survived. <clears throat> and he was, a, he was a man that basically had tremendous honor, integrity, giving. He gave first to his men, every one of his men. You know, there, there were just tremendous testimonials about how he held everything together. His, his God was very important to him. He made a rosary out of out of bread, and he hid it for all these years. And basically, he used to, you know, say the rosary multiple times a day, and whenever he could find private time. And he he thought about the afterlife in ways that many of us wouldn't. So how did how in the world do you lead, and what kind of characteristics, many of which I said, do you need to get through an ordeal like that? Most of the times you wake up, if you even can get a night's sleep, you wake up and you think, this is my last day. So how in the world do you do that? Well, some of those characteristics I, I told you are, are what this man had. And it turned out, my name is Mancini. I'm an Italian by heritage. And his name was Flynn, and he was my uncle. And he was one of the most interesting, honorable men, and I just wish I had more time with him. But how do you lead in an impossible situation. And if you can conquer that, you should be able to lead anything. And if you stop and think about leading, you can, you have a relatively easy job, no matter how daunting it may seem at the time in front of you, when you compare other people who have led through more trying circumstances like he did. So anyway, I thought I'd throw that one in, Adam. Uh, it's another perspective on leadership. We can lead through somebody always stands up or usually stands up with any successful endeavor. And, you know, those attributes that I touched on, if it's really down and dirty, uh, those those characteristics are going to surface some way or another. Good. No, that's a great, great example, Jack. I think as far as I was listening to it, I, you know, the staying positive is a very big deal with a leader. Yeah, there's not much room to be negative or kind of Debbie Downer. If you're, you gotta be, you gotta be positive. Plugging into a bigger picture—that's probably kind of part of what what happens. Uh, there's a whole thing of understanding why you're doing what you're doing. So, when you're when you're in tough situations, if you stay positive, stay relatively calm too. People will again, they'll they'll follow your lead from that standpoint. You one one of the biggest issues he had because I talked to him afterward. Not you know many 
many months, years after he got back and settled in. And but uh, one of his biggest issues was planning. We we talk about plan, direct control. What, what in the world can you plan, right? <laughs> you have no control over much of anything. Well, they planned on how to communicate, and they had different signals coming back to Morse code. A lot of the pilots, you know, have uh, specialized training. They could could uh, you know communicate in very creative ways, and that's what they always worked on. Now, what they communicated, uh, a little scuttlebutt, even among you know maybe sixty, seventy. 80, 100 prisoners, I don't know how many he had, you know, with him. But try to picture the communication systems that uh, they were using. Right. <laughs> it just, you know, it almost sounds impossible. But uh, they did it nonetheless. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of wonderful stories out there, to your point, Jack. Keep things in perspective. You know, uh, many times it can feel like life or death when you're running your company, but it's often not, whereas those situations certainly, certainly are. Well, one of the things we, we encourage our, our clients to do in terms of leadership, and this is um, something for those, uh, those of you who are parents can relate to as well, that's you know, spend some time with your people. You know, if you can do it every day, that's part of what we try to get you know, uh, our folks to, to do. A couple of minutes of, of your undivided attention, that's often all your team needs. You know, whether it be to see how they're doing and, and truly care about what's kind of going on, if it's an attaboy, <coughs> pat in the back kind of thing, it's just to listen to them a little bit. But if you're able to do that, if you're able to spend a few minutes of undivided attention with somebody, that will go a long way to getting them pumped up. That's often that's all they need. <clears throat> that's all they need. And so if you're spending time, that's like that's a lot what what your uncle did, Jack. If you spend time with his team to kind of, you probably <clears throat> individually spend some time with them. Each well, even yeah, even though they were isolated, or many times they could communicate. If if they had a communication system, that was the game plan. They could they could hold each other up. They could, you know, uh, one of the most difficult emotions to handle is to be in an isolation for for long long periods of time. And if you can touch each other, however you do that, and the end the end is is uh, again more of a a spiritual end. And you know you can get wired into that that all is not lost. And again, I'll, I'll get off this track, but. Yeah, leadership has lots of faces to it, and the more difficult situations, leaders are going to pop up there as well as small, lesser uh, challenges here. I think one of the mistakes people often will make is is they want to be popular, and quite often you don't have, you don't have that option when you're a leader. You got some tough choices to make, and if you're worried about trying to be the popular guy or be the good guy, so to speak, it, it can be very very difficult. Liked instead of respected. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, people, (coughs) your team often knows what's going on, and they kind of know what needs to be done. They don't want to be the one pulling that trigger. They want you to pull the trigger, right? But you know, so they appreciate you doing that versus you punting along or have somebody else do it or delaying it. That's a that's a kind of ties into too as far as being decisive. You know, we often will get to a conclusion relatively quickly. It's a matter of then going and executing it and doing it. So if you're worried about being popular, you're, you may not make that decision as quickly or delay on it or, you know, or try to find reasons not to do something. Or you know, if it comes to firing a customer or firing an, an employee, those, you know, those are some pretty tough decisions. But you, you, you can usually come to them pretty quickly. The question is, when do you pull the trigger? How do you do it? And again, if you're focused on, hey, I want people to like me, as opposed to re- to respect me, right? Yeah, I want to make sure that I'm going to have all different well mindset. Me. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, what's what's best for what's best for the company? And okay, we got to make a decision on this problem and execute it. A leader who's consistent in doing that is going to be re- not only respected, but chances are the company is going to be much more successful because of it. It's delaying, 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 and and not pulling the trigger or pulling the trigger so late. You know, and it's not you that's pulling the trigger anymore. It's people on the outside making those decisions for you, which is what you never want. And you don't have to. Most companies don't really have to fail given uh, a lack of catastrophic events. They just don't have to fail. So leadership is the reason. It's always the reason. Management is why companies fail, nobody else. And that's another given. And basically the... the uh, 
The whole idea is be decisive, plan direct control, be respected, work to be respected, and life is easy. We've had great success with companies, uh, you know, being successful, defined as sustaining profits, growing profits, getting an organization together, getting a profit plan, learning how to run a company by the numbers. These kinds of things really are the keys to success. And when it comes down to it at the end of the day, folks, you got to be you. Okay, be aware of yourself. Wait, there's a song like that. I got to be, be me. I got to be you. I got to be you. No, wait, I got to <laughs> be me and you be you. Hey, All right. we're, we're going back in my era here hey, tonight. That's good. Mm. So, but you know, being you, you, you got to be you. You can learn from others. And you can you can modify and adjust, but you got you know, to be comfortable in your own skin. If you aren't comfortable in your own skin and you're up in front of a, the team, they're going to they're gonna sense it and feel it. So get to know yourself. That's a big part of it. Too. You know, get to know yourself. Be aware of your strengths and your and your and your maybe your tougher spots as well. But there's a lot of things that you can do, and you never should stop working on yourself as a leader. That's one of the key success things we see. Folks who are always trying to get better, improve themselves, improve their organization. And if you do that, the team around you is going to see you doing that, Absolutely. and they're going to get better as well. So always remember, there's always a solution. Always a solution to your problem. Now, it's just a matter of what kind of solution, but there's always a solution. And it can be it can be drawn to be very acceptable anyway. All right. Well, Fast Sour Radio is now done again. We appreciate you being here. We're here mm-hmm. every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you tune in next Wednesday as well. If you have questions before, shoot us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com. Give us a call, 877-849-0670. If you missed any of this show, you can go catch it on iTunes, um, download it there, or Stitcher, or any, any other place you go to get your podcast. You can go to our website, too, MaximumVP.com. There's a radio show tab there. You can do it as well. So you can learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com.